They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. This on? Hello? Hello? We're all science people. Science! Exactly. Evolution does some pretty funky things. That is a false fact. The old question in science is how do you know that? Achievement equals skill times effort. That's the recipe for success. I'm about to show you something so cool it'll blow your mind. We can make the world better for everybody. Starting now. Welcome, welcome to Science Rules. I'm your host, Bill Nye. This is the show where science rules. It's a call-in show. If you want to be on the show, and I hope you do, leave us a voicemail at 201-472-0785 or go to askbillnye.com. You can also check me out on all the social media out there to find out about our upcoming guests. And today I am joined once again, once again, by science writer, editor, and dear friend, Corey S. Powell. Hello, Corey. Bill, Bill, Bill. Good to be here. Now, first order of business. Uh, I have a clarification on our smells episode with Harold McGee. This is some great information that came to us from listener Danielle Greenberg, who is a behavioral neuroscientist. And it was such good information, I'm going to read her comment in full. Love your podcast on smell, but cringed when you said that the olfactory part of the brain was at the base of the brain. The base of the brain usually refers to the medulla and cerebellum, which is not where the olfactory bulbs are. They indeed are on the ventral surface in humans, but are most definitely part of the forebrain, not the hindbrain. In rodents, they are right up front, and the reason, or the most likely explanation, is that is the way olfactory sensory cells get stimulated. There exists the olfactory epithelium, which is located at the roof of the nasal passage, and the cells of the olfactory epithelium are in direct contact with the olfactory receptor cells. This is the shortest route of any sense, that is, from cell to brain, vision, touch, taste, they all have a lot more synapses between sensing and brain, but not smell. It's one and done, and most direct. Thank you, Danielle Greenberg, for, uh, for not only clarifying, but really kind of like bringing alive why it is that smell is so intense for us. Uh, there's a certain smell of wood, and all of a sudden, like, oh, right, this is what it was like in my second grade classroom. How does that brain do that? It's those cell-brain super close connections going on. Now, regular listeners to the show are probably familiar with the acronym STEM. That's science, technology, engineering, and math, or maths if you're in the UK. And you might even think that we emphasize the importance of STEM, maybe a little too much, maybe not, but maybe. But I came across some statistics the other day that 
even for me, you know, steeped in STEM, I'm like all STEM crazy. And But these statistics still were to me kind of unnerving. People in STEM fields can expect to earn an average of 26% more money and be less likely to experience job loss than people in other fields. But 92% of boys and 97% of girls lose interest in STEM if not engaged by the fifth grade. And only 16% of U.S. bachelor's degrees will specialize in STEM majors. In fact, even when college students choose STEM majors, school's science and engineering programs report the lowest retention rates among all academic disciplines. It is frightening. You know, science, technology, engineering, math, these are foundations of our modern society. And they're cool. They're fun. They're connected directly to wonder. There are all kinds of practical reasons, but they're also, to me, all kinds of personal and emotional reasons. I want more people to share that. Well, Corey, Corey, uh, for once, I, I, I have to disappoint you. We don't actually have someone here today to talk to us about science, technology, engineering, math, education. I'm already disappointed. Yes, yes. But back in March, I got the chance to talk with basketball legend people, legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as part of Los Angeles's City of STEM conference. And we bring organizations from the Los Angeles Basin together to talk about science, technology, engineering, and math education. What's cool is Los Angeles people don't realize it has a lot of aerospace. And, you know, SpaceX is there again, building rockets, hiring all kinds of uh, science, technology, engineering, and math professionals. We have seaports, we have factories, we have all these things. And so apparently, Kareem didn't really have much interest in science until he got to college. And for some reason, he took a physics course and went, wow, I can do this. This is, this is pretty cool. So he started something called Camp Skyhook. And this is uh, what you would call an immersive experience for people in fourth and fifth grade. And they go outdoors. They go to the Angeles National Forest. If you've ever been there, it's beautiful. These beautiful old trees, very tall. You know, you might think of the Los Angeles Basin as being semi-arid. But when you get up in the mountains, it's a, I mean, it's just a beautiful forest. And so they go up there for most of a week, and they use iPads to study the plants, botany, and the biology of the ecosystems. They learn what's safe to eat, what's safe to drink when you're in the wilderness, which is just empowering, cool stuff. And they learn uh, how to get around by watching the stars, by studying the stars. It's just fundamental, cool, outdoor stuff that everybody should be exposed to. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has taken it upon himself to sponsor Camp Skyhook. This week, we're going to let you hear my conversation with Kareem. I call him Kareem. And then Corey and I will have a little more information about Camp Skyhook on the other side. So listen in and stick around. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. May I call you Kareem? Absolutely. You have an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math, even though you made your living as a, well, as a superstar. And I really enjoyed your book, What Color Is My World?, where you documented all these scientists of color who made remarkable uh, contributions to, well, to the health and well-being of everybody. Why did you get interested in that? Why did you want to write that book? I want to write that book because uh, too many uh, young people of color think that the, that science is something that's beyond them. Popular culture really has 
such a grip on uh, everybody's imagination and aspirations. Too many kids, uh, they, they want to be Denzel Washington or Beyonce or LeBron James. Or you. Or me, maybe. And they, <laughs> they don't have the, any uh, understanding of uh, what the field of science and uh, technology has to offer. They think it's just something that's closed off to them. So uh, by exposing them to uh, all of the people of color that I, I could think of that uh, would interest them, it, it really uh, was able to uh, have some impact. And uh, kids really got into it, and uh, they didn't understand, uh, for example, uh, about uh, Dr. Charles Drew. His understanding of blood typing has been a, a boon to mankind. They should know about him. Uh, they, sh they should uh, understand what he did and how it affects their lives. And uh, if, if, we, if we can do that, we can uh, really overcome the gap that we have. Uh, we, we hire too many engineers and scientists from overseas because our kids aren't taking advantage of the educational opportunities that they have. If we can get our kids to pay attention in chemistry class and physics class, uh, we can uh, go a great way to uh, eliminating uh, this gap and uh, solving a whole lot of problems. Well, any problem that you can think of, really, at some point it crosses paths with science, technology, engineering, and math. I mean, you just look just that we're on this Zoom call, for crying out loud, there are millions and millions of transistors connected somehow to enable this uh, conversation, let alone generating electricity somewhere that can drive the whole thing. It's really amazing. And as astronaut Leland Melvin likes to say, there's talent in every zip code. So we are doing everyone a disservice by not including people. What got you, you dropped the words chemistry and physics. What got you interested in promoting this? Did you, these are courses you took in school that intrigued you? In high school, and I remember how scared I was of uh, physics. I, I, when I took it at UCLA, I had to take physics at UCLA. I was, I was like totally intimidated by it. And I, so I took it pass-fail. And uh, I ended up, I got an A minus, and the teacher said, you should have taken this for a grade. You, you know, you... <laughs> but I, I was so intimidated because in, in high school, uh, intermediate algebra just, I couldn't deal with it. And I thought that, uh, you know, it was just beyond my ability to understand. But then in college, you got an A minus in physics. That's not bad, man. Yeah, and I only had to take one physics class, and I was, like, relieved. Not uh, having the, the courage and confidence to, to apply myself really was what it was all about. And uh, what I've done to uh, deal with this issue, I, I've started... Uh, my foundation, and we approach, we work with the LA Unified School District, and we send kids to, to camp, to STEM camp. They do four nights and five days uh, in the Angeles National Forest, out in nature, and uh, they do, uh, you know, beginning uh, experiments, looking at, uh, let's say, the water table or flora and fauna. They uh, observe the night sky and, uh, you know, how, how it... Uh, those indications uh, affect our daily lives, and they get an idea of how science, technology, engineering, and math affect their lives and where the jobs are going to be in the 21st century. Your foundation is the Skyhook. The Skyhook Foundation, giving kids a, a shot that can't be blocked. 
so uh, why do you, I think I know why you call it Skyhook, but just tell us. Well, uh, Skyhook, the Skyhook was my signature shot. You hook and then look, right? I shot 56% lifetime. It went in a lot, so um, I kind of got noted for it. And uh, it identifies me, but it also uh, identifies what I want the kids to, to get, is, and that is uh, an educational foundation that will enable them to do whatever they want to do. To reach for the sky. To reach for the sky and, and, and grab that star, whatever, whatever star they want to grab. It's interesting when you mention algebra because studies, pretty compelling studies have been done that apparently thinking abstractly about numbers, using a letter to represent a number, you don't know what the number is yet, it's an unknown enables you to think abstractly about all sorts of things. I, when I get a chance, emphasize the importance to everybody, parents and students, everybody, just take time to learn algebra. And it was hard, it was hard for me. It was hard for Kareem, doggone it. You just, there's no substitute for putting in the hours, for doing the practice. And you, I guess, let me ask you this, speaking of practice, the reason you became such an extraordinary ball player is because you just worked at it, right? I worked at it, and I used applied ballistics to shoot accurately. <laughs> yeah, it was all well, basketball. Was all physics. I mean, for me, it's all yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some skill involved and so on. And uh, you no know, angles. You know, the angle for the for the bank shot, things like that. Yeah. yeah, it's all physics. But how hard did you have to practice at physics compared to how hard you had to practice at basketball? Was it six of one or was one harder than the other? I think it was a lot easier with math in that once you get it right, you've got it. You don't, you don't, you don't miss the shot again. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in well, nobody there trying to block it, you know. <laughs> what got you interested in getting people, getting students outdoors? We worked with the NASA and UCLA to uh, figure out, you know, the the best uh, environment for the kids to be in while they're doing all this. And nature is a very positive uh, learning environment. So we get the kids out in nature. A lot of these kids live in places in Los Angeles where they can see the Angeles National Forest, but they've never been there. So by uh, going away to camp, it, it's a whole new experience. It, it opens them up. We pair schools up that are uh, physically from very distant locations. So they got to learn uh, social skills uh, while they're at the camp. Also, just to meet kids uh, from a totally different uh, uh, part of town that ha have different ideas, etc. It really has had a, a positive effect. We have a, about a six-year waiting list. All we need is uh, just more people that, uh, to become involved so we can expand the program. Got to have the, the, the teachers that uh, have the right scientific background, you know, that can uh, talk to the kids and, uh, you know, engage them. One of the things that we found, even during uh, this pandemic, we've been able to go to recreation centers and after school places, we, you know, where kids just go to. Uh, and uh, we bring our we have a van now that, that goes around and when the, the kids know the van is coming. There's uh, extra attendance. They stay for the whole engagement, and uh, it's, it's something that they look forward to. How, how old are the kids that you get? We, we, they, we focus on fourth and fifth graders. That's it, man. Ten years old. When, when I did the Science Guy show several years ago now, that we had this very compelling research that 
10 years old is about as old as you can be to get what they call the lifelong passion for science. Like, when did you get a passion for basketball? It was long before you were 10, I imagine. Oh, yeah. But, you know, my first passion really was baseball, Bill. And I didn't think basketball was cool. I, finally, I saw a movie about the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, man. <laughs> basketball is pretty cool. Maybe I could play that. Just, I'm of a certain age, man. It was a, and it was a thing to do to go to Baltimore. Uh, and watch the Meadowlark Lemon, you know, oh my goodness. Those guys, what a show. Oh my goodness, just so compelling. But uh, speaking of baseball, when you go to a baseball field, I mean, you can use it to play baseball. But what's more important is you can use it to shoot model rockets, which is, you know, I just remind everybody, you know, a model rocket is a rocket. It works exactly the same way. And what's so empowering about science for me, and I think for anybody 10 years old or what have you, is it's true for all of us. When you learn these scientific principles, you make these discoveries for yourself, no one can take them from. It's not based on anything but nature. And that to me is just so compelling and wonderful. But uh, after somebody gets hooked with Skyhook and the van, they're 10 years old, when they get to go to the forest, to nature, where do they stay? They stay at, at a camp. The, uh, the LA Unified School District has a camp up there. Uh, so we get about 80 kids a week. Sleepover camp, you know, there's four nights and uh, five days. And uh, they learn about nature. You have, uh, they, uh, we have educators there. They do uh, water quality, for example, water quality experiments. They observe the night sky. Uh, the night sky, everybody. When you get out away from city lights and you see the night sky, it is, it's amazing. There's no uh, light pollution up there. Yeah, hardly any, yeah. If you haven't seen the night sky, it's just amazing. First time for me I, I was uh, when I started playing professional basketball in Wisconsin. And the night sky up there was like a revelation, you know, and... That first year, I saw the, uh, the northern lights. And it's really something, everybody. In order to have the northern lights or the southern lights, Australis, uh, Borealis, you got to have a magnetic field. The Earth's got to have magnetism in order to see those. It's just, wow. Stick around for more science rules after this. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
Science Rules is back. What have you, have you heard from students who have moved on, who have taken, gotten involved with Skyhook, gotten through high school, and then I presume graduated, went to college and stuff? Do you hear from them? Well, I, I think that's the, the next phase for us to, to follow our participants and uh, find out, you know, how far they take it. You know, we haven't had the chance to do that yet. Just think what your students or Skyhook kids are going to be able to do in the future. It's really well, it's look really at, exciting. Look at all I, the issues that they will have to deal with, you know, global warming, hunger, the uh, advanced need to anticipate uh, uh, pandemics and, uh, you know, deal with them preemptively. Yeah, just wait for, yeah, COVID-2022 or whatever. It's COVID-22. Let's be ready for it. Yeah. And this is going to take everybody working together. Everybody, even if you don't become a scientist or uh, an engineer, we want everybody to have an awareness of the importance of science. Was there a time, was there a a day, a weekend, where it hit you how important science is? Well, uh, yeah, earlier in my, in my life, but it, it was something that I, I took for granted. In my own family, like I, I have uh, two of my sons are in are, are medical professionals. One is a, a, a counselor and a hospital administrator. The other one is a surgeon. So, uh, you know, just trying to help them along in what they wanted to do with their lives really opened my mind up to how, how important all these things are. It's exemplified by, you know, the, the Skyhook Foundation. If you want to be a surgeon, you better know some chemistry, I'm hoping. And you better know some physics. I mean, when you start pumping blood around, it's just nothing but physics. Did he get into that because of you and injuries that you may have suffered? No, no, he just, yeah. uh, it was instinctive for him. That was where he uh, figured he could do the, the most good uh, fixing people. You know, he's into orthopedics. So fixing people, broken arms and stuff like that came naturally to him. When he graduated, as he was, he graduated from high school, I, I got him his first copy of Gray's Anatomy. Uh-huh. And I uh, said, well, you're going to need this if uh, you're going to pursue medicine. And um, sure enough, he... Wow, you gave him a copy of Gray's Anatomy? The guy's, what, he's 18 at that time? Yes. Oh, this is cool. I'll just learn this stuff. It's mostly in Latin. So he must have had extraordinary teachers, though. Yeah, he had good he, teachers, and uh, he, he just took to it, uh, you know, instinctively. People that have, uh, you know, a natural curiosity for something usually do well at it. So if, if it had been something else like carpentry, he, that would have been his thing. But, uh, you know, medicine was it. So do those guys play ball? Both my older sons uh, were athletes in high school and college, and that was it. Then they moved on, just went into surgery. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for Skyhook? Is it small goals, big goals? We just want to uh, keep increasing our, our footprint, you know, getting more kids involved in the program. The LA Unified School District has another site that we might be able to use, but, you know, we have to fund it and, uh, you know, get the people. Get the people is get the students and you need the educators. We need the educators and we need uh, the money to put it all together and get it happening. And the dietitians and the medics or nurses, whatever it might be, 
That's the great thing working with the school district. They they have all of that down as, as you know as far as how to take care of the kids. Mm. They they the kids are looked after. They get you work with the mayor then. Mm-hmm. They do they recruit kids or do you put a posting up in the school? How does it? No, they find just out have a, a a rotating. Uh, you know, they just go from one school to another. We we try to get to as many uh, various schools as we can. You know, we haven't gone to any school twice. So we've been dealing with this now for a while, and um, our outreach is uh, one at a time, but, you know, we're getting there. The longest journey starts with but a single step. And so you go from school to school. What do you get, 80 kids at each school? About 40. 40. We'll get 80 kids for the week from, Mm -hmm. from two different schools. And you pick schools from different yeah, neighborhoods. Yeah, just randomly, you know, but they have to be, we don't want two schools from the same part of town. We want to get the kids to, to meet kids from way across town and, you know, share some things and learn, uh, learn about who their fellow students are. When students meet, are they surprised or do they form friendships? Yeah, they form they friendships just- and uh, it's really interesting. It's a great learning environment because... When you get the, the kids together in, in smaller groups, they're able to, to form teams. And, you know, the, the kids that are uh, less uh, aggressive, let's say, in, in speaking out in class, they can get to say what they want to say, you know, in, in these smaller groups. When it's smaller and uh, there aren't rec- other requirements, uh, homework and things. What, so what sort of hands-on stuff do they do in the Okay, forest? so they, they'll uh, go and see the quality of the water. You know, Have a test kit, chemical, chem- test chemical kit, testing test kit. Uh, of the water. They have a bird sanctuary. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can go up there and uh, they have doves that are um, part of the animals that are there all the time. And the kids get to, you know, learn about what the doves need and the uh, how they interact. They're part of the ecosystem. Yeah. They're part yeah. of the ecosystem. They go in and uh, they get to, you know, they actually have a, a room they can go in and doves are in the room. You, <laughs> you can pet them and everything. It, it's, it's hands-on. Hands-on. That's key. That is a key phrase. Hands-on and uh, they, they love it. Um, they go out and observe, see what's there. You know, is that a porcupine or is that a raccoon? You know, that. Just to get an idea of what someone does that, that works out in, in nature like that. Would an ecologist or a forester or somebody who studies voles, little animals, little moles and stuff? Forest so, management is, uh, is, is a field that uh, needs people to come out there and work. This might put this idea in their head, and uh, that, that, that's where we get uh, the next generation of uh, People that uh, do this type of thing. And, and people, we want everybody, uh, well, of all ages, but starting from 10 years old, everybody to have an appreciation for nature and how we fit in. Something that amazes me about California, Southern California, well, everywhere in California, is how things change with altitude. You know, when you're in L.A., you're down at sea level. Some of your students might live near the, a beach. Others live where it's just really dry and the L.A. River is a just concrete channel, but you start to go uphill and the amount of moisture that's around changes and the type of trees changes and the kind of things that live with the trees change. And the city of STEM is what got us together today. And it's uh, LA's biggest science initiative. 
100 science, technology, engineering, math partners in Southern California. And it's hosted, I like to remind everybody, by the Columbia Memorial Space Center in Downey. It's just a cool facility where people of all ages can go see this aerospace hardware and appreciate how it really is rocket science. You've got to think hard when you're going to send something to space. You've got to be very thoughtful about it. And now, speaking of Downey and aerospace heritage, now we have SpaceX. It's just an amazing company right there in Hawthorne. It's just doing amazing things. Started out with 100 people. And now it's thousands of people, billions of dollars slosh around, you know. And you talk about students having a future, you know, it's, it's, it's companies like SpaceX and Tesla that are just doing extraordinary things right here in California. Science Rules will be right back. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. You're listening to Science Rules. I have a question to ask you. I, I've uh, seen lots of footage in the past couple of years of things flying through the air in our airspace that are doing things that cannot be explained Oh, by on. physics <laughs> or anything else. Uh, you know, some of, the, some of this footage I've seen, Bill, has convinced me that, you know, there's some guys up there in Cadillacs or something. And uh, I want to know, how close are we to uh, achieving uh, the ability to, be, uh, to, to deal with anti-gravity flight and travel? Well, I think we're a long way. This is, we're getting into the grill bill section here. That's that's yeah, my so, question, Bill. I, I I've seen you know I've seen the footage. They've convinced me. Well, here's what I'll say: as a guy, I you know I I had security clearance for a little while, low level security clearance on this fighter plane that we were working on, and this is uh, something I like to say. I knew I could find what would they call the single engine rate of climb if one of the engines quit, how long it would take to climb, which is an important safety thing. But I didn't know its top speed. Like, that was kept from me. Like, it was compartmentalized. You know what I mean? I knew this thing, but I didn't know this other thing about the plane. And I'll just tell you, I work with guys who went to Groom Lake, who went to Area 51. I never went, but guys I worked pretty closely with would go there routinely. And if the Navy is doing one thing, they don't tell the Air Force what they're doing. If the Naval Research, Naval Reconnaissance Lab is doing one thing, they don't tell the Air Force uh, Research Lab what they're doing. And they certainly don't tell young pilots who are just learning to land on aircraft carriers. They don't tell them all this stuff that's going on. And so I am very skeptical that we've been visited by aliens with anti-gravity. With that said, with that said, Kareem, 
You know, in recent years, people have studied uh, the motion of galaxies, stars, and everybody's convinced right now, everybody in that business is convinced right now that there's this dark matter. There's matter that we can't see that has some gravity and is pulling things around in the cosmos and we can't detect it readily. And then the cosmos is energized or this gravity is affected by dark energy, dark energy controlling dark matter. But nobody knows what it is. And when you talk to the right cosmologists or astrophysicists, whoever it is, they'll say, well, we don't know what 94%, 96% of the universe, we don't know what it is. So I would not be surprised if a kid who went through the Skyhook Foundation program, if that person doesn't end up being somebody who discovers some fundamental nature of dark energy and dark matter and changes the world and gives you your anti-gravity aircraft. Is that a long enough answer for you? <laughs> I don't know. You lost me in this. No, um, I didn't. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for uh, someone to, to figure it out because obviously if they've seen any of the footage that I've seen. It's... Well, things happen on video. You don't really know the whole story. And by the way, speaking of SpaceX here in Southern California, these guys, led by Elon, guys and gals, led by Elon Musk, are working on a rocket that you would leave. You'd leave L.A., fly to Sydney, Australia, in 45 minutes, come back. You'd have to be tested to be able to take a little bit of G-force, but very small. I mean, if you could, you know, ride a roller coaster, and so this could change the world. Change the world. And he wants to fuel it. They want to fuel it by taking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, getting the carbon and turning it into methane, natural gas, and refrigerate it and use that for rocket fuel. Whoa, whoa, it's visionary. Well, grill me. Give me another grill question. Oh, geez. Uh, that, I, want, I want to know that we're going to get to the point where we don't just ruin our our atmosphere to the point where we we have all these extinctions. Oh, and, man. Uh, so, yeah, species. we're living through, apparently, we're living through the sixth, sixth mass, extinct, mass extinction on Earth. But here's the fundamental idea I hope uh, students from Skyhook come away with, everybody comes away with soon. We are in charge. Humans are running the show. We did not, this was not the plan. You know, people... Uh, when I was a kid, and certainly my dad was a kid, there was a perception that we were separate from nature, that the natural world was this way, but humans did this, uh, do their own thing in cities and farms and over on this side, separate in many ways from nature. But it turns out we need the ecosystems of the world for to live. And so we are now running the show. We have got to think of the earth as our spaceship. And when you're on a ship, you got to manage it. You can't take things for granted. You got to manage the plumbing, the power, the electricity, what you're going to do in a storm and the wind comes up. And so the same thing is true of the earth. We've got to manage earth's ecosystems. And I think the students that go through Skyhook are going to get that just the start of that. We are connected to nature in ways that surprise many of us. It's just, uh, it's either 
terrifying or exciting. Wait, it could be both. It's terrifying and exciting. Humans are in charge of the world now. So let's go. Anyway, Kareem, it's great spending time with you, man. Pleasure's been mine, Bill. Bill, I'm officially undisappointed. That sounds awesome. And that's just fabulous that Kareem is doing, Kareem as I like to call him, uh, that Kareem is doing a project like that. So that was a cool conversation, wasn't it? I mean, me and Kareem hanging on the electronic uh, hangout situation. So here's some other uh, cool or interesting facts about Camp Skyhook. After the program, 82% of students report appreciating nature more. Of course they do. They go out in nature for a week. Of course they do. 68% say they'll spend more time outside. That is great news. 78% say they'll think about the environment more thoughtfully. Think about it thoughtfully. They'll think about it differently. 80% say they'll increase their conservation behavior. And that's all from a study conducted uh, with Occidental College in uh, Eagle Rock, which is in the city limits of Los Angeles. I want to thank Kareem Abdul-Jabbar again for joining me at the City of STEM Festival. Remember, when it comes to getting kids excited about science, technology, engineering, math, and working to save the world, science science rules. rules. Now, if you like science rules, please take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out, helps other people learn about the show. So thank you. Be sure to check out my socials for more information about our upcoming guests. I'm at Bill Nye on all those things. Meanwhile, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, give us a call at 201-472-0785 or submit a question to askbillnye.com. Science Rules is produced by Harry Huggins and this very same Corey S. Powell. Frank Olson mixed this episode. Casey Halford composed our original theme. Josephine Margarano is our executive producer. And at Stitcher, everyone, Science Rules. Science Rules. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.